0: Welcome to Special One Cards Podcast, a weekly podcast on the soccer market, soccer cards. We talk about prospects, we talk about products, and we look at some data to help you make some buying decisions for the future. Hosted by me, Paulo, on a weekly basis. Look for special guests occasionally, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram, at Special One Cards. Looking forward to interacting with all of you. Hey guys, welcome to episode 20, excited to make it to 20. This is a big number, obviously. Uh, Well, not really a big number, but yeah, I guess 20 is a big number. 25 is probably bigger, but we'll get there eventually. Um, Today's show, uh, probably going to be a little bit longer than some of the shows recently, just because we do have a guest, as I promised, uh, on the show today which is excited, uh, exciting. I am excited uh, to share that uh, guest with you folks. If you don't know who he is, uh, stay on here to listen to that interview. It's pretty fun to hang out and uh, talk with him about the hobby, particularly soccer hobby and what's going on in our hobby. Uh, a quick uh, few things uh, in terms of, uh, that was a, a sneeze from Benz, the Vichla, the two-year-old Vishla that I own a dog, if you don't know who that is. Um, Quick few things. Uh, We've just seen the transfer window kind of come and go. As I stated last week, a few interesting kind of um, things happened during the transfer window. Uh, We have an exciting summer coming up, obviously. We had some interesting results this weekend in England, along with other places. We have interesting things going on in terms of financial fair play. Uh, most notably, Manchester Uni- Manchester City. I was going to say United, but Manchester City this week looks like they're going to be in some trouble. Uh, could be point dockings for this year. I don't think they'll take away titles from the previous campaigns. I think that would be kind of a really tough step to take and do something like that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And I guess that's kind of brings me to my first point here: Early Holland. Uh, at at Man, Man City this year, second place uh, in the league right now. They squandered a uh, opportunity to make up some points on Arsenal with Arsenal losing this weekend as well. City had an opportunity to really make up some make up some ground on on Arsenal, and unfortunately, uh, they went into uh, Tottenham and Spurs beat them. Uh, Harry Kane scores a goal uh, to win that game. Uh, Arsenal's loss on Saturday now doesn't even look that bad. Uh, They really didn't lose much. But now United is kind of waiting in the wings. Um, We also still have to remember that uh, in terms of where these teams sit, United, uh, uh, Arsenal still has a game in hand too as well. They're at 50 points. City's at 45. Manchester United's at 42. Newcastle's at 40. And Tottenham's creeping up in there. They're at 39. So could be a big run for European play here. Again, if City gets docked points or gets removed, uh, then you'll probably see some teams move up in terms of European football for next season. Now, the reason I bring up City is because really for me is I'm looking at City and I'm saying you signed Holland, who potentially was supposed to be kind of uh, the guy that would take you over the top. And I'm not necessarily don't understand... Or maybe I'm being wrong here by saying this, but if we look at City with Holland, yes, uh, Holland has had a remarkable season. He's been great. He's performed better than I thought he would uh, in terms of the goal-scoring plaudits. But is it a failure if Pep doesn't win the Champions League and the Premier League? I think it is. And I think the owners of City have to really look in the mirror and say, is Pep the right the right guy here? Uh we get that people want to pay stylish football and beautiful football to win games. But at the end of the game, this is a job. This is a revenue-making machine, football, right? You need to win to be successful, uh, and at all costs. Uh, obviously, I'm biased in terms of Mourinho. He's got a bad rap. People think he always parked the bus. He didn't always park the bus. Pretty, pretty uh, depending on his situation, he was always a... Uh, coach that would play the strengths. And I feel like Pep is kind of at a point in his time now. He needs to figure out what to do. The João Cancelo uh, transfer was really remarkable. Uh, Why that happened? I don't know if there was something, some strife in the locker room. Uh, He goes to Bayern Munich to assist first game. Incredible. Uh, He's an incredible player. So, Is it more that Arsenal is just really kind of maturing and becoming a better team uh, with all the time that Arteta's been given to uh, develop his squad or is this City team a failure? I think it's probably a combination of both. Uh, If City doesn't win the league or the Champions League, I think it has to be a failure. Now, at this point, if they win the Champions League, it's a successful season for City. Not a big deal, but I'm not sure they'll even going to be able to do that. We'll see. Pep has not been able to coach big games in big finals, Um, his uh, record or or in semifinals to get the finals really shows that he he just I don't know if the capabilities in there, the pressure gets him or what it is. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, We have an interesting summer coming up in terms of what's going to happen with some transfers. You've got some players that uh, are looking for extensions or looking for new contracts or looking for new deals. Uh, to be able to continue to play now, if city gets docked those points and they get eliminated out of European football, what does that do for the squad? Does that become kind of a, uh, a project where pep says, no, I'm out of here. We're done with this. Uh, there's nothing I can do. Uh, we we're out of Europe. We're only gonna be in the league and now we have to sell off players to make ends meet because well, we won't be in champions league football. I don't know what's gonna happen. Does that mean Holland may move somewhere else? It could be, who knows? Um, It's just going to be interesting what happens with this Old Man City debacle and this financial fair play rules, uh, what happens there. Again, I mean, I don't know how Chelsea got away with it. They did get away with it uh, in some capacity or or how they were able to kind of finagle that deal and what happens there. So interesting times coming up ahead. A few things I want to kind of talk about in terms of of players and potential moves uh, this coming um, summer. Uh, There is some grumblings uh, with Rafael Leão especially with AC Milan. AC Milan right now, uh, they're on a little kind of a bad streak right now. I think they've lost three games in a row, and they are sitting um, down in sixth position in the table at 38 points. Again, they're tied with Atlanta there. They're only a point behind Lazio um, and two points behind Roma for the third spot. So still a lot of season play, but If AC Milan can't make the Champions League, I think it makes it more difficult for them to sign Rafael Leão and we possibly see Rafael Leão move. I've always stated I prefer him stay there to kind of develop and bring that big uh, AC Milan club uh, back. Uh, I think AC Milan is a big club. club. I still do believe that. Uh, They may not have the financial backing that some of the other clubs do at this modern age and modern time but I think they are a big club in terms of history, the players they've had. So, Leon again, another potential great investment for anybody uh, looking to get some Leon cards. He is kind of hot. I think his prices have come down a little bit. Not a lot, but there is opportunity there for you guys to take a look at. There have been grumblings now um, with uh, Chelsea signing Mudrik, uh, prying him away from Arsenal. Uh, I don't think Chelsea's a landing spot for Rafael Leon for that left winger position that they kind of – Uh, Needed. They've addressed that situation at Chelsea, but now it seems that Arsenal is coming into the foray for uh, Lyon. So we'll see what happens there with Lyon. Another really interesting piece is, uh, is, and I'm talking about Serie A today because there's a lot of interesting things going on in Serie A. Uh, Juventus, right? There's two players on Juventus that notably um, command high premium values on the transfer market. That's Dusan Vlahovic, and also Federico Chiesa. Chiesa, excuse me. Chiesa I have heard, is being um, shopped to United uh, at this point in time. Not sure how true that is. Again, this stuff is rumors. Don't take my word for it. I do a lot of reading every day. He is being shopped to United. How could that impact his value? I'm not sure. His value still hasn't really rebounded from what it was before. I think he's an excellent player. Presents a huge opportunity for people. He is also in that iconic 2018-19 Donruss set, an optic as well. There's rookies in there, numbered stuff, colored stuff that you can buy. And then the other piece is Dusan Lajovic. Apparently, Juventus has stated that uh, they will sell at 80 million if anybody does want him. Uh, and you have teams like United in for him. You have uh, also. Uh, trying to think of who else I've read, uh, Chelsea and Arsenal. So three of the big top teams, usually the usual suspects, really, Chase and Vladovic possibly. Um, and then you also have Victor Osamine in the Serie A league who will be chased by some of these teams as well, I believe. So really an interesting time for Serie A. They could potentially lose three superstars, maybe four potentially this summer to the Premier League or even to uh, the Bundesliga, because uh, I've heard some rumblings there as well. Dusan's also been rumored to be somebody that Diego, Diego Simeone has coveted at Atletico Madrid, and especially if, if if Joel Felix ends up uh, going somewhere else, if Chelsea, they didn't have a buy clause, but if Chelsea decides they want to buy him and purchase him, potentially Dusan goes to Atletico Madrid. And we see that. So there's a lot of guys potentially moving uh, this coming summer. Based on what's going on in these markets, um, another surprising guy, nicolo Zaniolo, uh, goes to Turkey, kind of a disappointing place. Uh, he had been offered to Bournemouth in the Premier League and unfortunately did not make that move at the transfer deadline. So we'll see what happens uh, in terms of what goes on with those Syria superstars. I think there is potentially a lot of things going on with Syria, which makes Syria an interesting kind of uh, play, especially the mosaic product. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about that prospect of the week corner. I know I change this kind of every week, this segment, uh, but I wanted to talk about a prospect this week, uh, somebody I've kind of low key been buying some guy, a guy that I've been low key looking through my, uh, commons boxes or boxes that I've top loaded cards that I put away in the closet to look at at a later point in time but i wanted to bring this guy up you may have seen me post him uh yesterday uh this podcast is releasing on wednesday uh sergio camello he is an atletico the madrid uh forward who is on loan this season at rayo vallecano he is a 21 year old forward um and he this year is having a pretty good season with the with the extra game time he's gotten. He's really performed very well there. He's got six goals, and he's had uh, three assists and 22 appearances uh, for Rayo Volcano. Um, at Madrid uh, last year for the B team, he was really fantastic. Uh, you know, I think he almost had double-digit goals. I can't remember uh, on Madrid uh, the B team last year. He does have uh, cards in uh, Topps Chrome last year. Top sapphire uh, card number 470. Excuse me, card number 77. The sapphire bases are running anywhere from 99 cents to 395. There is a sapphire of 25 that is listed online for about 150 bucks. I've tried to get that seller to sell me that card for 35, 40 bucks, and he's just not budging. I think some of these guys really think they're going to get a lot of money wow. for some of these cards when the opportunity uh, has kind of fallen by the wayside at that point in time, given where the market is and the conditions. Um, I think those days are done. Uh, I think me offering 40, 45 bucks, 35 bucks for a card like that is a very fair price. You may disagree. You may be even listening to the podcast. If you are, let me know. I'm happy to take that card off your hands. We can negotiate further or even do a trade. So, um, Sergio Camelo, uh, again, you know, these players that I do feature and talk about, some of them haven't broken through really yet. And some of them have, uh, and some of them have after the fact that I've spoken about them. So we'll see what happens. See if people actually go and try to buy some of his cards. I know I bought a few things. I'm trying to buy a few more, uh, here and there. Uh, cause he's not a big chase. Obviously people aren't chasing this, this type of stuff. Sergio is, uh, has excellent technical skills for an advanced forward. Uh, one of the biggest things I've seen about him this year in terms of his improvement has been his decision making. That was always kind of a thing I was concerned about with, with him. And, um, you know, he does possess excellent pace, works really, w- works really well in a system with counterattacking football. Um, very dangerous, I think in a system like that, uh, and possibly at, at Madrid, that could be a positive firm for, for next season. If Diego Simeone is still around. If Diego Simeone decides to bring him back, um, he, you know, excellent. He's been exciting to me, strong finishing skills. He possesses great off the ball movement and he plays with flair and uh, incredible style. It's one of the things that I've always kind of featured with my prospects are players who have excellent off the ball movement. It just shows more intelligence for players like that. So take a look at his cards. Uh, He is in tops Chrome last year and top Sapphire card number 77. His base Sapphire, again, you can't go wrong with base Sapphire. If you don't have the budget, you're looking at anywhere from 99 cents to 395. Some of his numbered stuff uh, is running anywhere from, you know, 30 to $150, like I said. Uh, I think those are high prices given that the, we don't really know what's going to happen with this player. If he's going to end up back at Atletico Madrid, or if he ends up uh, staying another year, or Vallecano decides to buy him, and he doesn't see any Champions League football for this for this point, one of the things that's going on with Atletico, Atletico might not even make the Champions League this this coming year. So, kind of an interesting gamble. Uh, but if you can get in low at a low price, you have a an opportunity to really kind of. Um, Make some headway. He is a Spanish international. Has played uh, on the youth teams for Spain, so there's another opportunity there where he could play uh, for those teams. I would suspect. My suspect and my prediction is that um, Simeone calls him back if Simeone's still there. Does call him back to the team, and we see him possibly start next year. Again, I had talked about earlier about Dusan being coveted by Simeone. If he can't get Dusan, I think it really becomes a kind of a opportunity where. Um, if they do sell Joan Felix, then maybe they try to buy Dusan Blaovic from uh, Juventus or uh, vice versa. Uh, they don't purchase Dusan and they give uh, Sergio the chance to kind of be that um, forward for that team. So we'll see again. Card number 77 on top Chrome and top Sapphire. So, our first guest on the show, hopefully, you guys hung out and listened to the whole episode thus far. But stay tuned. Uh, The first uh, uh, second guest I've had downtown soccer cards on before, too. But we'll have a guest today on the show. It's coming up right after I am done with this message. All right, guys, I promised I'd have a guest today. So today we have a a celebrity of sorts in the Canadian uh, market, (laughs) uh, our (laughs) hockey expert uh, who has now a show over on Slab Stocks every week. Check it out if you haven't yet. Um Greg Lento, uh welcome to the show, Greg.
1: Thank you for having me, Paulo, and uh just to make sure there's no celebrity uh if there's a celebrity between the two of us, that is you,
0: my friend. That no, is No, 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 not not at all, not at all. Uh <laughs> Greg, uh can you tell the the listeners who have not uh heard of you or know of you yet, I'm sure they will now. Um Make sure you guys follow him on Instagram. Obviously, you can shout that out. And just give us a little background on yourself.
1: Uh, Yeah, I've been a media professional for the past five years and growing up in the Montreal market, of course. uh, You know how hockey is important. It's a religion here. The Montreal Canadiens are a religion. I grew up a Kings fan because... The Kings were playing the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup Finals in 1993. So I don't know, just just not to cheer for the same team as all my friends. I I decided to cheer for the Kings, but anyway, I'm still uh I still I still like uh, our our Habs here, the Montreal Canadiens, big team, and uh, wish wish all the success in the world. So uh, yeah, media professional here. There's a French sports radio that's called BPM Sports. And uh, we we talk about sports every day. Uh, And uh, I fell in love with sports cards about two years ago, uh, just uh, talking about it on air and uh, jumping in the market. So as you know, I like collecting soccer. I like uh, collecting hockey as well, F1, and um, speculating on the market, I'll say that. And uh, recently, just fell more and more into hockey as well, and uh, started that uh, slab stocks puck drop um, bi monthly podcast with uh, slab stocks. I believe they had content on every single segment of sports cards except hockey, and now uh, and now we started working together. So very happy
0: about that. Awesome, awesome. So if you guys don't know yet, um, you can follow Greg on Instagram at that Greg though. It's D A T. Greg T-H-O. So give him a follow. He's got some pretty good content on there. Um, you know, he obviously enjoys his cards and whatnot. And uh, I wanted to have him to talk a little bit about soccer on here. Uh, I'll leave the hockey to your puck drop show. I think you've done a great job there. Uh, and can t- I wish it was more than bi-monthly, though. Uh, I'll be honest with you, because I've been diving into a few of the hockey podcasts that are out there. And I do enjoy your perspective, obviously. so Thank you. One of the things I want to talk about is really, and this has come up actually in the last week or so, I've had a few people contact me and discuss with me um, some of the, the the Canadian pricing and how how similar some of the Canadian players in terms of the costs and the allocations that are going for certain players, namely speaking about Alfonso Davies, right? Uh, yeah. Quite possibly maybe the best left back in the world at the moment, or one of the best. Um, uh, His pricing is, I think, uh, I think it's affordable. Um, I want to get your perspective on Alfonso's pricing. And I want you to talk a little bit about Jonathan David too. I've been looking at Jonathan David's market, and I feel like he's really undervalued uh, in terms of comparable players. Uh, And I really want to get an understanding of how Canadians feel about the soccer market in general.
1: Well, Canadians are very proud of their players, man. Um Alfonso Davies being one and Jonathan David uh, as well. You named those two, but as well we we had some uh low-key players that that started popping on the international scene. Just look at what uh, Alistair Johnston who was playing right here uh in Montreal for the CF Montreal and uh was just bought by Celtic and just made his debut and uh, uh is doing pretty well. Uh Ismail Kone as well playing for Montreal that got transferred uh, as well at Watford and, uh, and playing well uh, too. So I think Canadian soccer is growing also on the women's side, uh, Julia Grosso, uh, Jesse Fleming, and uh, also um, a, a lot of young talent there. Let's not, let's not talk about the GOAT, Christine St. Clair, uh, that has been there for years. So a lot of, of great talent and still growing. Uh, also in Canada, Davies um, had a huge market and a huge hype. Also built around him, being the the first player kind of playing in in a big team with uh, Bayern Munich, uh, was transferred from the the, the Vancouver Whitecaps, and uh, that was all built into his pricing. But uh, as a lot of the soccer market, the more and more the product started to come out. So case hits and autos. And so you, you saw uh, the, the market being flooded a little bit uh, by uh, Alfonso Davies cards. And you just like you said, um, he's a left back, right? So uh, even though we signed the World Cup with uh, the goal he scored, that was a tremendous goal, super spectacular and how um, how he can be with the ball. With Bayern, he still not has this offensive upside um, in uh, in the Bundesliga. So we saw his market dip uh, a little bit, well, a lot in the past year. So I think I think it could be a great buy right now and a long term hold, as, as his cards are very very much affordable. And the same thing happened with Jonathan David. Jonathan David's uh, cards one year ago. The only thing you could find were his rookie stickers that had three different years, um, and his rookie cards started uh, being released in many different sets. Uh, as you as you know, tops Chrome, Merlin, uh, Prism World Cup, uh, Stadium Club Chrome, and and so on and so forth. Uh, and right now, with the I'll call it the post World Cup dip. Uh, His cards are very much affordable and and he's going to be in the uh, summer transfer window, probably one of the, the the most sought after uh, forwards there. He's been killing it in uh, La Ligue 1 in France with Lille. And uh, there's a a lot of big teams either in the Bundesliga or in the, in the Prem that, uh, that said they would be chasing him.
0: Yep. One of the guys that you uh, didn't mention uh, in in your uh, Canadian appreciation Dialogue you just did there, uh, is a guy that I've watched quite a bit, um, in Portugal, uh, S- Stephen Eustach- Eustachio, who's yeah. Porto now, who's kind of a, a feel good story for me. He came from Chaves, uh, which is a, a Portuguese team that is in the top flight. Uh, they were previously in the lower leagues of Portugal that they've come up. What is the view on, uh, Eustachio in, in Canada? Is he a big uh, obviously, he's Portuguese heritage, um, having uh, most of his family from Portugal. Uh, but what is the view? And this is me being selfish asking this question because I like him as a player. <laughs> I like him as a player. I'm not a Porto fan at all. But um, what is the view on on Eustachio in in Canada? Well, his pretty much only
1: cards that were released were in Prism World Cup, the uh, amazing set. Uh, I still, you you know how I love this set. Uh, I know you love it too. I think Panini did an amazing job with it, even though uh, no Canadian players had uh, autos in there, but that's another story. Uh, and Astacio was one of the most sought-after uh, chases there. Um, but so were pretty much all the players. So a, a lot of collectors here in Canada just tried to do the whole Canadian set there uh, with pretty much all the players. I mean, David and Davies, um, being the the two top chases, of course, but Estacchio was just uh, probably the, the the next big thing there. Uh, a lot of people know his potential. He's been having a tremendous season also with Porto and a lot of uh, worldwide collectors. Well, I'm seeing a lot. I, I think uh, by you mentioning it uh, as well, some collectors are turning their eyes into Estacchio to be probably a, a hidden gem there in, in the market for the next few years.
0: Yeah, his last, his first, I guess, you know, again, soccer and the, the the soccer market's interesting because we have a sticker and a card market. He he does have a rookie sticker, which is in, I want to say it's 2018-19 or 2019-20 Panini, Portugal. Um, in the Shaves kit, uh, which is an interesting kind of um piece. Uh, and I'm not sure many Canadians maybe know about that at all. Um, that. Uh, that sticker and I think I sent you one of those I can't remember if I did yeah you
1: sent it to me yeah
0: but I mean I I think that the and I know you agree
1: with me the the modern stickers are just like the the junior cards in hockey or um the 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 you know college cards in football Uh, as soon as you're um your rookie card gets released in such a set, just like Prism, that's an iconic set in all of sports or pretty much all of sports. Uh, you, you know how we feel about stickers right then. It's just like, yeah. the, the, they, they they drop so much in value. Uh, so I, I think that's what happened to uh, to Estakio's market. Um, but I think, I think it could be a, a great, great gamble. He's a midfielder, of course, but uh, um, yeah. I think in the long term, he could transfer. And we saw the history of Porto players being transferred as well to big clubs. Uh, if that could happen to him,
0: uh, he, his uh, his market will, uh, will raise. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the Portuguese market is an interesting place. It's kind of a stepping stone for a lot of guys. It's a very competitive league. I don't think a lot of people realize that. We have strong teams. I mean, Benfica's... In, in you know, they're deep oh, in the league, you know, so, um, and, and so in Portugal, we have the uncanny ability of developing players, whether they be from South America, North America, Canada, uh, and, and moving them on to bigger clubs where the, the country is and the league is a, I don't want to call it a poor league, uh, but it is in terms of financial burden, these teams have to sell and move players. So, um, yeah, I you know the sticker market's interesting because it's a very unique market. It's again, I've always said it's separate from the card market. And while I appreciate the stickers and I do enjoy some of them, I think uh, there is a place for them in the hobby. And I think over the long term, stickers generally do pretty well. Kind of like baseball, it's got the Bowman first, right? Uh, we look at that market. Kind of that market's really strong, and potentially we could see that in in the soccer market as well. But um let's move on to uh, uh, hopefully because I bought a Dusan Vlahovic sticker in the hype, and right now <laughs> <it's not laughs> I lost good.
1: pretty much 90% of it. So uh, that's definitely became a long-term hold.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's funny because you know, at first when I was I, I I think I believe, from what I remember correctly, when I looked at the pop reports for Vlahovic's red rookie um at a Chronicles, I I had the first one ever graded. Um and uh, I used to get the old, that's not his real rookie. It's, it's true rookies, the sticker. And I think in, especially in the soccer market, when it's conducive to somebody's narrative, they call it the true rookie. If you've got the sticker, I've got the true yeah. rookie. But if you don't have the sticker, like I had the card, that's a real rookie. So I think the soccer market's kind of learning. Uh, it's very still and it's in its infant, infant stages where we look at yeah. rookie cards where, there is limited, uh, let's say, quantity or availability. Uh, and Jonathan David's going to run through the same thing where there's there's sapphire, like you said, there's chrome, there's paper. Uh, and, you know, I guess the other, I guess going off of that piece, what right now in Canada, when you look at Jonathan David, what is probably the most desirable rookie of his? Is it sapphire? Low numbered sapphire? Is it? Well, I can't even remember if there's an obsidian card for him is it a world cup prism? no there's
1: none
0: you know that i'm curious uh i think
1: his chrome will always sustain its value like low numbered chrome uh, sapphire as well um i thought i thought his prism cards would be the most sought after rookies that i i went after uh chasing you you know how i went hard on on yep. chasing canadian players and in prism, and I thought, well, to me, it's the most, it's the best looking Jonathan David rookie card uh, out, out of all. And I thought that because um, you know Canadian collectors, just like myself, uh, lo- I mean, just love Jonathan David uh, as a player and want to support him. Uh, there will be a little prime in him uh, being in the uh, Canada uh, jersey and not in Lil. But, um, I think that when a lot, you know, a lot of people have have been asking me question in my, on my French podcast community and they were like, no, I, I want the little kit, uh, the, the Chrome, uh, rookie card. So I think that's, that's the one, if you ask me, I prefer the the Prism world cup, uh, rookie card, because it's the best looking, as I said, and also he's wearing uh, the Canada kit, but, uh, I think for collectors and, and and that's, you know, in a lot of cases, it will always be uh, what we will um, chase. It will be the, 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 the Chrome card his low number Chrome.
0: It surprises me a little bit because I think a lot of us forget about first edition and that paper, that first edition. Yes. I mean, that's really kind of his true first rookie, right? Is the one that came from first edition. Yeah. After of course, after the... Uh, there were two.
1: The first uh, sets that released uh, Jonathan David cards, uh, there were... Uh, well, it tops now, but that doesn't really count. There were the the, the first, uh, as you said, the first edition. And then the uh, Merlin Heritage uh, set that was released as well. But I, I think if I... You know how I enjoy collecting soccer, but I think that... What, what's not wrong, but there's so many sets and, and collectors, as you said, it, it's a very young market. Um, the, the, the soccer card market is very young and by new collectors coming in, I think they're interested. And they were, they were a lot interested uh, also just before the World Cup or during the World Cup and trying to look. Let's say I'm going to invest in Jonathan David, Jude Bellingham or any other players there. Where am I starting? What set is the most sought after? And it differs with every different player. For Jude, the biggest set you can collect is Top Scrum Bundesliga. That, that's the, the highest sought after set for him. But for another player, it's a completely different market because there's so many leagues and so many products. So uh,
0: that was my kind of rant or
1: <laughs> yeah, so about the soccer ultimately, card.
0: Ultimately, it becomes a preference thing, right? When we talk about which sounds like from, uh, you know, Jude's a good example. You mentioned Jude Bellingham, especially as Bundesliga rookie. I think that's one of the better looking ones. And because I agree, it was less produced as well. And in fact, I think the gem rate on a lot of those is really low. So it makes it really, it makes it really scarce and valuable. So as like Merlin, you know, we didn't even talk about Merlin.
1: And that year, I think, the 2020 Merlin set is iconic in the soccer card market uh, because there's so many good rookies in there. Um, and the gem rate is also interesting. But I think in 2022, it was, it was a different... I had a different feeling about Merlin. I don't know if um, in that year with all the product that was released, let's say Jonathan David, that was a, one of the chase rookies or Gavi, um People are going to want to collect the, the the Merlin rookies in that set as they were doing it in the 2020, 2021. I don't know if you agree there, but that's just a, a feeling that I have.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people have said that the Merlin set was probably the set of the year besides prism, right? World cup. I, I think people have said that, but I think a lot of the, the hobby is impatient if this makes sense. And what I mean by impatient is they don't have the instant gratification like they did last year with the Merlin set, because the Merlin set of last year was loaded with rookies. You know, you had Kamavinga, you had Musiala, you had Bellingham, to name it, you, you know, you had three, right? You, you had a lot of guys, you know, Gonzalo Ramos now, obviously. The Benfica spots now are a $100 a spot, you know, because of one guy, you know. Uh, and I think Benfica only has two cards in that set. So um I think the hobbies, kind of the soccer hobby in particular, in terms of this Merlin set, while I've liked it too and I enjoy it, I think it's one of those sets that's got a lot of rookies in it that it's going to take time. You know, the, the set, you know, a guy I hark on a, a lot is Fabio Vieira. He's in last year's Merlin yeah. set the Arsenal. I remember. His pricing is still pretty good. And, you know, you have Adeyemi, you have uh, Anthony's in there too. So with this year's Merlin set, I think we're probably at a stage where, you know, if you have some of these rookies – you have to take them and kind of put them aside and and hold them for a bit because it's almost like a Bowman first baseball type of release where some of these guys haven't quite played yet, or they're not playing yet at their clubs at their senior level. So uh, that's kind of my perspective on that. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about about like the guys that you are looking at right now and buying and holding. I know you're a big Jude Bellingham guy. Uh, I'm a big fan. I think he's generational. Like, give me your thoughts on some of the guys that you're looking at. It's hard at, at the moment.
1: And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm super honest. I'm trying to understand where the market is right now. I saw there were a lot of Enzo chase, uh, in the tops deco set. Um, I, I, I saw what you posted in there. I, I read a lot and listened to your content as well, but, um, Aside of what I'm holding right now, so some Jonathan David, some Kansei Sao uh, that we talked uh, about you and I a lot, uh, and, and Jude, I'm I'm trying to figure out where is it going to go in in the next um in the next months, and also who are going to be the the rookies and the sets that are coming, I mean pretty soon what uh, Chrome is going to be released in March or April or something like that, um, so what what are we going to chase? Uh, this year, I still I, I still believe a lot in Jude, and I still believe a lot in in Jonathan David, but I still believe a lot also in Pedri, uh, that has seen a huge dip in his market because uh, uh, of of Spain' uh, whose World Cup's performance and also the the hype on Gavi that that was uh, um, that was brought there. So um, I I think there there's a lot of guys that have been. Super hype as their rookie cars were released that uh, dipped also because of performance, because of um, because of performance and also uh, probably their clubs not performing well. So, either individual or if we talk about uh, Darwin Nunez, uh, Darwin Nunez right now could be an interesting. Uh, could be an interesting buy because Liverpool is not performing. He's not playing. Therefore, he's not scoring goals. And uh, he was super hyped on that transfer. Uh, you can talk a lot more about it than myself um, to, to Liverpool. Same thing for Luis Diaz. Uh, Luis Diaz has been injured uh, and in the sa- sa- same club. So uh, a lot of difficulties there at um, at uh, at Liverpool. But as well... The Manchester City situation that happened what yesterday or something yeah. that was just released with the financial problems does that bring an opportunity for the Her- er- Erling Holland market? Uh, also, where's Jude gonna go? Uh, if Jude goes to uh, Real Madrid, is that gonna make the Vinicius Juniors market pop uh, like it, it 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 was promised to pop in, in the past what year or so or something? uh so these are all the questions that are that i'm asking myself and um i'm trying to pick and choose probably one or two opportunities in in all of those in the market
0: i know one of the things i look at and, may, and maybe you started to look at this too in terms of uh players with limited let's say rookies uh the example i can give or two examples rafael leon and dusan Vlahovic. they only have those rookie yep. tickets for rookies true rookies right um, there are unicorns in that market. Exactly. So when you look at, uh, and that's kind of what I'm looking at because, and the Enzo stuff is interesting. Uh, and I've said it multiple times now. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to see his card in Chrome because of the licensing. I'm not sure how tops works that out with um, the teams. If, if if it's a direct qualification to the champions league, they do get cards usually, but if they don't, we usually don't see cards so, you know, is, is Enzo going to be one of those guys where that deco base card becomes like, you know, a type of a unicorn, like a Leão and they, uh, you know, a Dusan Vlahovic or even, I mean, Victor Osamine was a unicorn at one point, but, you know, he was thrown in that Merlin set last year and we yep. saw uh, he's a mosaic. And I think the mosaic one is probably the most desirable now, the Serial one. Mm. But there really? are really, yeah, I think so. I More than the Merlin. Yeah, I see the market shifting that way. It's kind of interesting. Um, I'm just curious. Do you ever look at the hobby from that perspective in terms of, I like this player, but how many rookie cards does he have? I mean, John and David aside, yeah. Canadian, you're going to support your Canadian players as a collector. But in the in the perspective of, okay, Rafael Leão has only got this card and he's got an insert from that same set, those are true unicorns, right? um how important do you think that is
1: well it's very important because there's a lot of like i said there's a lot of confusion let's say in in a liao or Osiman situation let's say their their transfers to big clubs uh are coming or whatever and new collectors are bringing their eyes to these players and now they they want their cards because uh, they're with their clubs or they think they're the next big thing or something, I think it's very important to uh, not have a lot of confusion and noise. And let's say they go on eBay or in Facebook groups and say, uh, looking for a, a nice Osman, uh rookie card, and then you get all of these different sets, probably like what, how, how many different rookie cards Galvy has what about twenty five or thirty or so? Uh, yeah, probably more than that. But we're as as a Liao th- different situation that you can probably go with your budget. Saying, "Am I going for the rookie ticket in the regular version or the red version? Uh, raw PSA nine, PSA ten? Where am I going with this?" Um, so that's that's very important, but also a, a different. What I learned about the soccer market is yes, uh, you're in your portfolio. Some prospecting is important, uh, li- like you're saying. If you're not, if you're not early or late on on some of the players, but also looking at big talent that has already um, been adopted by the hobby. Let's say Erling Holland. Uh, Erling Haaland had a huge dip in his market Uh, when he was transferred to City. People, there was a lot of speculation. Can he score? Can he not? And after that, when he started scoring uh, like crazy uh, in his first weeks there, in his first games, um, everyone was trying to have Haaland cards. And they were like, this is the moment. I can still get some in my budget because after that, um, forget about it, you know? So uh and I, I think that when we look at what six months later, we're we're okay, people can still invest in Holland. And I don't I, I didn't um actually watch the uh uh the, the market segments or the indexes on card ladder to prove what I'm saying, but I feel like, uh, the, the, the pre world cup hype on Holland has, has dropped a little. So, uh, yes, prospecting, but also big players, uh, like probably CR seven right now would probably be a good buy long term. Right. Um, and then, yeah, so, um, uh, riding the wave with these players that you can buy and sell depending on, on their market is, is also important. The
0: hobby. Yeah. It becomes kind of a, uh, is this car is this card replaceable down the line, right? Can I sell it now to take profit and then rebuy it later? Right. I mean, that's yeah, the absolutely that people use early. Holland's interesting in this whole man city kind of speculation on what's going to happen. You know, the potential point deduction. Uh, I don't think they're taking any titles away from them, but the Holland situation is interesting to me because he's had a great year scoring goals at will. Um, but You know, has Man City gotten better? And right now it doesn't look like they are any better with Holland than they were before. Um, I think it's kind of a a failure of a season if they don't win the English Premier League or the Champions League. What does that do to his values? I mean, I I have to assume it's got to knock them down a little bit, although he's always going to have that hype. But to me, it's a disappointing season if they don't win one of those two or both.
1: Oh, I totally agree with you. And let's talk about Arsenal. I mean, they've been, they've been killing it. And I didn't see any spike in the market for, let's say Saka or yes. uh, Martinelli has a big value there. Um, but, but I didn't see any big, big, uh, spike in their market. So, so that could be interesting as well to see. So if you believe in talent for these big players, um, yeah, I think riding the wave is important. As you said, uh, if you have a card, let's say uh, Erling Holland's early collectors or investors, uh, if they saw the hype there, I, I, I think a lot of them actually sold some of their cards and, and hold some some of these as well. And they could rebuy the same cards right now or in a few weeks, depending on where uh, it goes or off-season um, for 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 cheap. And they're, therefore, their uh, they're cards... Uh, Uh, will stay in their collection for a lot less money, you know?
0: Yeah, it's about, you know, it's really about finding those opportunities. You know, one of the examples I can give is right? The Tete card that I posted a few months ago that I I bought at a card show, a PSA 10 green refractor, number 299. I paid $15 for the card, you know? (laughs) And I have it on eBay. I get offers every day, right? And I'm kind of holding out, I'm holding out at 60 bucks for it. That means I'm gonna, you know, six times my money or almost, you know, three times my money on that card, Right. Um, he goes to Leicester City, scores this weekend. People want him, and and I think that's an issue with the hobby, is people don't watch some of these. I mean, granted, I watch so much soccer, my wife wants to kill me. Um, because I spend my weekends watching so much soccer, and I think that's a problem with this hobby. Um, and I think uh people need to watch more games if they can, not only the Premier League. So I guess my question here to you is is in Canada what do you guys in the hobby are are people watching more games are they watching other leagues to get that knowledge base down or are they being a symb- symbiotic with the hobby where they're buying I've always said it, if you're buying a player that everybody else is buying it's too late you know it's yeah,
1: you're right um, um I, I know the way. big the big soccer collectors uh here definitely watch the games they have their clubs uh, they have their players, and they they definitely watch the games just like you are. Um, myself, do I have time to I, – I actually work and host the radio shows uh, Saturday and Sunday mornings, so I don't really have time to sit in front um, of my TV and actually watch the games. I watch some – I mean, um, I, I'm super happy because the Dortmund games are playing – uh, on, on TV when I'm in the studio, so I can watch Jude every single week, um, and and all the other players that are there as well. But um, yeah, I, I know that the big collectors are, are doing their homework. They're they're watching the games, prospecting just like you are, um, and and are not late uh, on the ball. But um, the majority of it, and and that that's in every single sport that that's just like it. It's not the NFL that have one game a week, it's easy to watch, easy to follow. You just have one game. It's not the same thing. Let's say for hockey, how many people are watching 82 games of all their players? Right now, I'm super huge, and you know about it. uh, Maybe too high on Jack Hughes. I think he's a tremendous talent. I was watching his game yesterday can I watch every single game of his? No, I have to also watch the Montreal Canadians. I have to, there are so many teams and so many games. So it's hard to um, do your homework there um, and, and, and watch all of that sports that we have to uh, actually watch to protect our, our investment, you know?
0: Yeah. To absorb. Right. It's, it's really kind of interesting. We got about a few minutes left here uh, before I get off here, I'm going to kind of start a new tradition here on uh this podcast i'm going to ask you uh two wishes for the hobby for this year for yourself and then the last question is going to be what is your passion uh and we'll end it with that uh so two wishes and what is your passion it doesn't have to be sports card related it could be whatever it is what is your passion um wishes for, for my collection or for the hobby uh, whatever a, can be whatever you want your collection
1: or hobby well i'll go with both so uh for, for the hobby i i wish people realize the importance and that that's what i always say with my my co-host Yannick on my podcast the right card to the right collector so the right card to the right home uh i the 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 experience, the bad experiences that I've had in the hobby in in the past years have been always um, a collector that has the card or an investor or whatever, you know, uh, that has the card that you would like to add to your collection and is being super greedy about it. So they're asking the moon because they want to milk the most money they can on your card. And you're like, man, I just want that card. And I, I, I've seen some st- Amazing stories of for myself or other collectors that have been chasing low-numbered cards, one of ones, uh they wanted to add to their collection. And the the, the seller is saying, you know what, because it's you and I know you're big on that player and that, that's gonna mean something to you, um, I'll I'll let it go for, for your budget or you know, so not as feel, but you know, the, the right price that's not um over. Uh, overpriced card so so that's uh, that's a big wish i i have for the hobby i think if a lot of people were applying i know you're doing that uh, a lot of the time and i know you're very well appreciated also in the hobby so uh, if people are listening um the right card to the right home to the right collector that that means so much for for a seller and and also for a buyer um for myself this year i i've put some big goals for uh for my collection and um there, there's one I want to um to, to attain to have in my collection and it's a, a future watch auto of Jack Hughes inscribed so uh you know how how it works the the first the, the inscribed fu- the, the future for watch them. cards are, are are all uh hard signed for 999 copies and the first 50 are inscribed so the player writes the date that he signed the card on it uh there's very few of these cards in the market as well being numbered to 50, but also collectors that already have them won't move them. So i um, trying to work up there, like buying and selling cards to actually work my way up, trading yeah. to, to this card. But if I can get that one in my collection before the end of the year, um, uh, I, I will be uh, super happy. I can retire happy. <laughs> um, and my passion, my passion is exactly what we're doing right now, Paolo. Uh Um, The relationships that we're building by creating content, uh, by growing this hobby or maybe hobby or sports. I mean, uh, I make a living by talking about different kind of sports. Uh, I covered the World Cup last year, also the Olympics, uh, hockey, football. So, um, you know, engaging with uh, with listeners building relationship, hearing the stories of the players and sharing these stories to to the audience, um, that's my passion. Also, you know, talking about sports cards. I have this podcast that, uh, uh, these podcasts, one in French, one in English. Uh, it, it's super fun to actually do that research and people collectors that are like, oh yeah, I like your takes on this, and we start conversations. That that's how it started for you and I, and I can I think I can count you amongst my uh my my good friends now so for uh that th- that's my passion and i think there's uh there, there there's nothing cooler than that um to actually make make a living out of
0: this is awesome greg i i really appreciate you coming on uh for those that don't know he does have you know the puck drop podcast with slap stocks and he does have okay. a, another show that is in french so if you know french and i'm going to be honest i've tried to listen to some of it i'm trying to get my french <laughs> Show de cards, uh, show de Yes, show de it? It's card show in French. Show yes. cap. Uh, yeah. Check it out. Uh, I believe you're on all uh, platforms. Um, Greg, really enjoyed yes. your time here with me, um, and maybe we'll have you back on again too. Hopefully, man. Obrigado, Irmao. Thank you for gotcha, everything man. you do for the hobby. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Have a good rest of the day. You too, Paulo. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Special One Cards. Join us again next week. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Special One Cards. DM me any questions, concerns, hobby rants, or experiences you've had at shows online. Something for us to kind of talk about a little bit more. Again, thank you for the support. I really do appreciate it.